was a great production, um, but a meaningful one also. Let's just give all of our actors and musicians, singers, Joe, give you guys a big hand clap. Thank you. You guys can be seated. Thank you. Like I said, this is a, this is a special service today, unlike any other service we've ever done. Uh, right? Yeah. The guy with the mohawk and the Jesus sweatshirt. <laughs> there we go. Jesus, it's your birthday. Yeah. Um, I just have a quick word this morning. Um, last week, we talked about the legacy of Christmas, what Christmas really means. And you know, the reason that God went to so much trouble to come to earth in the form of a human named Jesus was so that he could live a life that we were always destined to live, but we couldn't because of our sin. Then he died a death that we deserved, and then he resurrected, conquering sin and death and hell. Last week, we looked at the legacy of Christmas as told by 1 John chapter 1, and I would like to look at that passage again, but this time I want to do it in the message paraphrase, and so let's look at that real quickly. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1 says, from the very first day... We were there, taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears. We saw it with our own eyes. We verified it with our own hands. It's eyewitness accounts, John is saying. He says, the word of life. He's talking about Jesus there. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in the most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. This experience with, of communion with the Father and his son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing this is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Last week, we said that the legacy of Christmas is salvation by grace and not by works. Listen, you can work as much as you can for the, your entire life, and you're not going to be able to do enough work to earn your way into right standing with God. But when we put our trust and our hope and our faith in Jesus, then we can know that we're righteous. And when we put our, our trust and our hope and our faith in Jesus, we can know that we are received and accepted by God. We also said that the legacy of Christmas was that God wants relationship with us. It's not good enough to God that we just believe that he exists. He went to great lengths. He went to a lot of trouble. He, he went to a, a lot of organization and a lot of thought to come down in the form of a human and be near to us so that we could know him personally. God doesn't want you to just know that he exists. He wants to be in relationship with you. And we also said that the legacy of Christmas is that love really matters. The Godhead, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit 
have all been loving and caring for one another. They've been adoring each other. It's a three-in-one thing that I think that our finite minds can't truly fully comprehend. But the God has been loving, adoring, and caring for one another for all of eternity. See, love is not something that was created inside time and space as we know it. Love pre-existed the world. Love created the world. And now love is redeeming the world. Love matters. And today is the third Sunday of Advent. And this third Sunday of Advent is where we always re-enter the story and we remember the theme of joy that Christmas brings. Earlier in the service... My brother Tim, he lit the joy candle. And, and if we really believe these three things, if we really believe the legacy of Christmas, if we really believe that salvation comes by grace, if we really believe that God wants to be in relationship with us and that love matters, then these truths should be joy to us. That's what brings us joy. Because of Jesus, we get to know and experience real, true everlasting joy, which is different than happiness. Because happiness can sometimes be misleading. Happiness can be fleeting. But joy is eternal, and it's true. And it's not contingent upon the circumstances of your life. What did John say? He says, I'm writing to you all of this about the incarnation because I want you to believe it so that we can experience joy. You know, the very first house that Jamie and I bought almost 20 years ago in this little uh, Midwest town in rural Missouri. And the house was originally built in 1908. And a few years before we had purchased it, the, the owners had come in and they had done this beautiful remodel and restoration. They took down like all the old plaster and they installed new plumbing, praise God, <laughs> new electrical, and they put sheetrock up and they restored all the original hardwood, hardwood floors, beautiful oak trim. It was gorgeous. It was a two-story house, and like many of the houses in the Midwest, it had a basement. But one of the things that always puzzled us was how damp and how cool the basement was all the time, all the time. So when it would rain, there, there would, you know, water would accumulate down there. And depending on how much rain we had had and how heavy it came down, depended on like how much water we would have down in the basement. Now, thank goodness, we had a sump pump down there. And so any major amounts of water that accumulated got pumped out. But uh, sometimes, and even in the middle of the summer, when it was hot and dry outside, when, when um, there was a drought and the, and the grass was dead and had turned brown. You could go down into the basement of that house, and it, it was still cool down there. The temperature was cool, and it was a little damp, but not too bad. And it was just really refreshing. You could go down there. And, and now, I don't know the exact circumstances of why that was like that for our house, but I, I do have a really probable explanation because I know this happens with a lot of houses that a lot of houses, especially those older houses, before they would do soil tests and, and things like that, the house sometimes would be built on top of a subterranean river. Like underneath the earth are, are waterways. 
And so sometimes houses were built on, these, on top of these subterranean rivers, and the water table, the depth of the water table, wasn't very much. And so it was a high water table. So there was not a lot of earth between those subterranean rivers and between the foundation of those houses. And so those rivers running below would always keep the house cool. Yes, when it rained, yes. (laughs) Those old foundations would let water in and you'd have to pump it out. But even in the dry, hot summers, in drought, and when things were, vegetation was dying outside, you could go down there and it was still cool and refreshing without any air conditioning down there. And if you believe all of what we've talked about, about the legacy of Christmas, again, salvation is by grace. God wants relationship with us. Love matters. If we really believe it, and if we really live it out, then those those truths can be like a subterranean river of joy to our souls. It can keep us cool, when the circumstances of life are hot and parched. Think of it like this. Until Christmas, here was the ideal. And here was the real. Up here is the ideal, and it's heaven, and it's bliss, and it's joy, and it's eternity, and it's everything good. And down here in the real is brokenness and weakness and disappointment and death and limitation. And and between these two, between the ideal and the real, there was a barrier. And at Christmas, God came and he destroyed that barrier. He came and demolished that barrier. And now the ideal has become real. The ideal Jesus has come into our lives And now heaven can come to earth. Everything in our life can now be reconciled to the way that God originally wanted it, to the way he originally planned it. That's why Jesus gave us liberty and permission and instruction to say, when you pray, pray that the kingdom of heaven would come to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven the subterranean rivers of joy in our lives can keep us cool no matter what the circumstances is, no matter what chaos you face, no matter what confusion you face, no matter what opposition is in your life, no matter what doubt tries to come at you. If we know these truths, that the ideal is now can be the real, then these rivers of joy can keep us cool and calm through any circumstance in life, no matter what the drought-like conditions might be. Thank God for joy, right? Thank God for a son, amen? Just a moment, we're going to close singing together. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you now and we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth in the form of a man. God, you were fully man, but also fully God. We thank you 
that you did. Live the life that we were destined to live. You died the death that we deserved, but you didn't stay dead, God, but you rose. We thank you that we celebrate Christmas during this time, but Christmas doesn't mean anything without Easter. So we remember both in this moment. We remember the cross and we remember the resurrection. We remember all that was accomplished, that you defeated death and sin and hell and the grave. And we rejoice in that. And God, we pray that 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 would come alive in us, that these truths would come alive in us. God, that we would not be downtrodden by the real, but God, we would understand that the ideal is possible for us because of what you've done. So God, help us. Be reminded of that. Help us be reminded of your love. Help us be reminded of your hope, of your joy, and your peace that you provide to us through Jesus.